Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time. Now let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by the free 5X launch sales video series. This is going to be literally one of the best entire free things that I've probably given away ever. Not to like, not to brag, but I'm, I, would, I would say so. So this is going to be a three-day live stream series that we're going to be going over the exact insights that I've learned from my own launches and my clients have gone from launch overwhelm to filling it with ease and yes, even with a small following. So if you're wanting to join with the dozens of highly ambitious solopreneurs around this free three-day series, then make sure to go to danielleclem.com series to get your spot. We are starting November 11th, so if you're listening to this right now or before then, get your butt in. I might open it up for one day after that, we'll see. But I'm really going to be breaking down the three most profitable launches myself and my clients have gone through. Day one is going to be going over the 4.5x revenue with under 1k Insta followers. Day two is going to be all around the 17 sales to a niche audience. And day three is going to be zero to double live launch signups. Yes, these are results that my clients and I have gotten. And I want to share with you the insights and takeaways that I've learned and my clients have learned from the strategies we've used for them. So again, make sure to go to danielleclem.com slash series before it starts on November 11th to get your spot in. If you've had struggles when it comes to learning not only how to launch, but how to create and actually fill up your launches and learn from those who've done it, make sure to go and sign up there. I'll talk to you guys all later, but I'll see you inside the series. Hey guys, today we have on Jessica Hetherington, who is a sales and self-worth coach and works with clients from one-to-one and members of her signature mastermind, Be Bold, to create objection-proof businesses and regret-free lives. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I am too. For those who don't know, we've actually known each other for over over a year or so, or like almost a year um, since we were in a program together. And I love Jessica to pieces because the way that she shows up in her business is one of the few that I know out there who's a coach, but also is like a no-nonsense coach. Like she loves you, but also she's someone who's going to tell you what you need to hear. And those are my favorite people because they balance it really well. So my pleasure. So usually how I have these episodes go, I'd love to start with the beginning, kind of like going into your journey, and then we'll go into more of like your zone of genius topics and end the episode with a rapid fire round. So I'd love to go into really letting us know a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you going down this path. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm going to make a long story short. (laughs) I'll give you the high points or, and the low points because that's what really got me to what I'm doing. Um, 
I have always been obsessed with personal development, like genuinely, since I was like 10, I would hang out in Barnes and Noble and like the self-help aisle. And I have always known that I wanted to do some kind of coaching. I even like found this paper at my mom's house when I was like 17. It was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said a coach, like a life coach or some kind of coach. And, um, but I, back then, like this wasn't as much of an industry, like I'm in my thirties. So it mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, a thing like it is mm-hmm. now. So I had no idea how to make that a reality. And so I actually started in the fitness industry, um, because I struggled with, I actually really struggled with eating disorders and confidence and all the things that I teach now were things that I struggled a lot with as an adolescent. So I ended up, you know, having eating disorders, losing the weight, gaining the weight, overcoming that. And I became a personal trainer Mm -hmm. and I started working for this big gym called Lifetime Fitness. Many of you have Mm -hmm. heard of it probably. And, um, it was a hundred percent commission. So this was my first like foot in the door with, um, sales. And, you know, immediately it was like, you know, a dog eat dog world there. Like everybody was competing for the same clients. Like zero, a hundred percent commission. Social media was not a thing. We were selling to the people who were in front of us. Mm. And I had no sales experience, no personal training experience either. And I started really quickly, um, producing like 10 to $12,000 months for the company. And there was like a, a group of 30 of us and there was probably five, maybe five trainers who were even somewhat comfortable with sales. So that was my first, like, peek into the fact that people hate sales. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like people, and, and when you work on a hundred percent commission, it was like a revolving door of employees. People left because they didn't want to sell. And there was only a group of us that did well. And um, so I ended up starting to sell training for the trainers who couldn't sell and they would get paid to service the session and I would get paid to sell it. I would get commission. And so that was kind of my first, like, you know, I learned how to run a business, hundred mm-hmm. percent commission business. And then I got burnt out by the fitness industry, left, got certified to become a life coach. And now I, I went to go work for Lululemon. They're huge on personal development. So that got me further into coaching, got my life coaching certification. And now what I do is a blend of literally everything I've ever mm-hmm. learned. So that's why I call myself a sales and self-worth coach. Because with sales, it's not like a sales issue. It's a self-worth issue. I 100% agree with that. And that's something that I think it takes a lot of trial and error to really understand that a good amount of what's going on for your sales or income is really everything in between your ears. It is nothing else like outside. That That is what it is. And we're often looking for something outside ourself when it's really like no it's like we got to address like why are you not showing up like what what is it about what you're selling or you that is keeping you you know and also it's money mindset like a lot of people Mm -hmm. um this is something big that I talk about with clients it's like you know why um why are we so afraid of sales like why do you think people are going to hate you proof of that yeah, it's it's wild when it comes to, especially for those who just start, even those a year or two in, 
sales is something, especially for women, I've noticed it's very deep rooted in mm-hmm. mindset or subconscious beliefs. There's so much there. And I wonder for you, when you first started, obviously you had so much sales experience before you kind of stepped into this more like coaching entrepreneurial path. But when you did the first, let's say six months to a year, did you ever kind of have like an internal struggle with yourself? Any mindset or limiting beliefs that came up for you? Oh my God. Absolutely. I actually had like false confidence. I was like, oh yeah, I've done this before. I'm going to be good. Like, this is fine. Mm -hmm. You know? And it wasn't because when I worked for a big company, like when I would walk around that gym, you could assume that everybody was a warm lead because Mm -hmm. they're in the gym. And I could just walk up to somebody and be like, Hey, what are you doing this hour? Let me work you out. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of easy. You know, you had all your leads in one spot, but now I was doing online business and it's like a whole different frontier, whole different frontier. Um, and I was providing a different service and I was doing life coaching. And I do think that life coaches, um, need like life coaches who are working with the general public have to educate the general public on what coaching is. It's different. Entrepreneur selling to other entrepreneurs is completely different. A hundred percent. The terminology 100%. they use, the language, like it's so different than it's crazy. I mean, I have a client right now who's in a, who's in a similar boat where she's more of a business coach, but she helps um, therapists to kind of have like a side income through like an online course or coaching. So for those people, obviously therapists have their own terminology, but they're not really inside of, they don't know online marketing terms. They don't know, you know, content marketing terms. So it's really interesting. Same thing for life coaches who use these type of words or phrases that are so above yeah you know the general public that you really have to ground how you speak about it but even more so like you said how you educate about it too yeah and I know that it's like told I I mean we've been in programs and you know it's been told to us to only speak to people like don't try and talk people into you know Mm -hmm. convincing them and all this stuff and I get that and I think that does apply when you're selling to other entrepreneurs like only attract people who are ready to buy right now. You know, Mm -hmm. I, for myself, that's what I want. But like people who are just like actual true life coaches working with the general public, I think part of your job is to educate on what coaching is and what is possible with coaching. And um, because it's just not mainstream enough yet. It's on its way, but it's just not. Well, and I think too, you know, there's that piece around really making sure that those people who are in your sphere, they're all at different points of the buyer's journey. So it's like mm-hmm. someone who's just come into your like follower or like became a follower yesterday doesn't know your story, doesn't know who you are, these type of things. So to think that 100% they're going to be ready right now is not always the case. Has it happened before for, like you said, business to business, people who find me or like a referral? Sure. Yeah. But it's not every single case. And I think that's where it's really important is to not over rely on that type of tactic. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it's like, uh, yes, there have been times where I've sold spots in my mastermind from one Facebook post to mm-hmm. strangers. And it's amazing when that happens. And mm-hmm. it's not always the case. Exactly. And that's a big piece that I think comes up a lot for those who are in this sphere, especially for coaching, because it's such a personal and intimate service that you're providing. Like, I don't have to call it a service, but it's more of like, 
transformational package. Like you help them with so many different areas that they need to learn about those areas first before they can realize, oh wait, I actually do have that problem because to those like the general public, they don't know what limiting beliefs are. They don't know what they've heard mindset. It could just be for them as like meditation. Like you, you can't expect them to know everything. No. And they, when you teach the general public about limiting beliefs, they love it. Like, cause it's like, I remember the first time I learned about it, I was like, oh my gosh, I thought that that was just something that I did. I thought that was like, I didn't know that everybody has limiting beliefs. I thought I only was like a loser or something, but no, it's everybody. But we talk about that and, you know, cause we are in online marketing. We like don't hear, we hear plenty exactly yeah there's that piece like you mentioned is that it really depends on the audience you're talking to because let's say you're talking to an audience full of people like Marie Forleo's audience or Amy Porterfield they've probably heard mindset or limiting belief all day every dang day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but someone who's just walking across the street you know that you can't always guarantee they're going to so I love that piece and that's actually a really great mention too of going into kind of like your zones of genius, which obviously from your story and just who you are, sales is a huge piece of like what you teach, but even more so that self-worth talk. And I think one of the biggest things that come down to, like you already mentioned before with sales is having to use different modalities, like your content, like video calls, these type of things. And one of the biggest things that you and I both have seen actually this year, it's been an uprising in content that's more around um, finding that line between being polarizing versus being mean or like unconstructive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great thing to go into right now is how have you seen this kind of topic grow in the last year? And also what's your perspective on how do you kind of find the line between, okay, I need to talk about this topic. It might be controversial, but also not in a way that like makes someone upset or feels bad or, you know, brings up more of an uprising than more of a insight. Yeah, I am. I think that it's, happening now because like there are more people doing everything and everybody's Mm -hmm. fighting to stand out so it's like it is a way to stand out Mm -hmm. for sure and um I see a lot of it on Facebook it's mostly Mm -hmm. on Facebook for me Mm -hmm. um and I don't know it's like to me it's entertaining (laughs) and I wouldn't ever hire that person though yeah I understand that. I was actually seeing, um, I talked to a friend of mine who's also like an ads person for other companies and he kind of has to to find that line because he's very vocal about certain things. And there's a line between, you know, talking about certain topics and letting that become all of your content is where you really start to change the conversation between oh, this person, let's say, uh, does ads, but also has a voice to this person just has a voice. <laughs> like, yeah, it feels a lot different. Yes. That's such a good point. Yeah. I mean, I like, there are times where I have said things that are like, I, I have come from a triggered place. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's not like an awful thing all the time. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that with taking a stand every once in a while um but there's a way that it's happening online now where there are like certain people and I'm not going to name any names Mm -hmm. but who like that's all they do yeah talk about how like it's bad the way other people do it I'm just like I don't you know it doesn't make me want to hire you I read it but it doesn't make me want to give you my money 
Yeah, I think that's something I noticed even that Gary Vee does to an extent. Like, obviously, he's doing it on purpose, but he, I notice, doesn't really call out people, but he calls out a lot of um, things people do or, you know, makes it very extreme for his reason is it's extreme so it can kind of boil down to more of the message but the thing is I think he's giving his audience too much credit and thinking that they're not going to see it for face value and I think that's what's happening for some people's content as well is they're going to create this you know amazing polarizing topic content to talk about this message but the message gets lost because it's such a heated conversation or it's such a I don't even know how to say it just a very rough way of going about it. I saw this happen with someone who was a marketer and he mentioned something about the impossible burger, you know, the new, one of the new, um, vegan or vegetarian types that you know, are going to Burger King, Carl's Jr., this type of thing. And there is a vegan, um, health coach that went on there and just started like creating arguments or like things that weren't being constructive and trying to bring in false information and statements and just things that were clouding up that this was actually all along, not about the impossible burger. It was just about how it was put into Carl's Jr. Mm -hmm. So that's what I noticed is what can happen is it can get lost in translation between, Oh, the message is actually this versus that one line of text you put in there is now the only thing people are going to talk about. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know what, like, it just goes to show that like you can brand yourself anyway and like some people are still gonna like you like the people that mm-hmm. I have in my head people like these women and mm-hmm. it's like to me it's just like a lower it's like an energy I don't want to be is. a part of it's yeah. just that's like I don't I don't want to be like that and I don't want to I, I think it's possible to showcase who you are, what you're good at, and how you can help people without being like a bitch about it. Yeah. And I always think too, there's a difference between talking about the problem in a way of like calling out the industry as a problem versus calling out like a subset of people. Because like, that's just something that I've noticed even more so. There's one or two people I've known like specifically who try to call out one or two people or like call out job titles or call out these type of things and sure that can you know get you some not even publicity but get you some more eyeballs on your post because it's shocking but like you said it's not going to translate into sales I mean I've never seen out of all the content I've created if I've done polarizing posts which I did earlier on 2019 some of 2018 but not that much those never got me clients (laughs) like my testimonial posts did or my sales posts did like the ones that are more controversial they were more like shocking or like oh wow that's interesting but nothing else comes of it you know oh totally yeah and like one that I saw um oh my gosh it was like a couple days ago and this one lady I don't don't barely even know who this person is but I noticed this one she was like saying how like calling out like coaches who don't have children and how they don't have anything to worry about and call it like saying like Barbie coaches. Mm. And I'm like, it's like almost, you can almost like guess who like the, the, who she's referring to. And I'm just like, okay, this is ridiculous. Like it's just too much. Yeah. And that too, it's such a, you know, it's one of those things where you're breaking, you're literally breaking people into two groups. And we have that happen yeah. so much in like our political system. We don't really need that in the entrepreneur side. Like obviously you can resonate with different people, but to have it between like 
moms versus non-moms or like, you know, those who are younger to those who are older. I think if you go in that way, you're already losing because you're making it more about the demographic than about the actual person's skills or capabilities. Like that's what actually matters more. It's like if you go into a job interview, you might be 20 and have already built a million dollar company versus being 50 and only being paid like 15K a year. Yeah, I know totally. And I think too, like, so this is something that I'm, I talk about with my clients and I'm putting this in my course. It's like, so everything about you is your selling point, right? So like Mm -hmm. the fact that I have two older brothers, like if I were to put like a picture of me and my brothers on Facebook, like that's a part of my brand now. Now you're like, oh, I have two older brothers too. Mm -hmm. I kind of like her more. You know what I mean? Like you just like identify with certain things. So that woman with the kids, like she could have just, I don't know, like, posted a picture with her kids and then yeah. appeal. If she wants to appeal to other moms, there's like a way you do it. You know what I mean? That's not like, Rawr. exactly. Like for that, for that person as well, like you said, you can go into parts of your life where you have this and show it that easily show your mom or you're a travel person, whatever it is that you're trying to like talk about. That's not in a way it's more of showing versus telling like that's mm-hmm. always like going back to grade school it's always been a thing that's really important and changes how people see it because if you're just telling 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 people something versus actually showing them it leaves them such a different thing and I've also been guilty of not putting up as many personal stuff which I need to get on as well but I think that's something like you said that really connects people the most dms that I get outside of like if they're asking about you know working with outside of that it's like I love your hair today or like such a good photo with you and like whoever it is or Mm -hmm. where'd you get your jacket because people feel more comfortable starting conversations with those pieces versus going straight into like I want to work with you yeah I completely agree completely agree I mean it's no like and trust like Mm -hmm. it's the the more I mean I don't think that you have to that's another like part of this like being polarizing and then like oversharing I think there's oversharing Mm -hmm. I think that that line is like really delicate Mm -hmm. and it's up to I don't know like I think that sharing your story is a good thing because it's it it connects people to you it it makes people um you know it's a no like and trust thing and you know that person's journey and it's inspiring and but I think that some people do and share things for shock value again it's like am I just clawing my way to stand out? Mm-hmm. That's what I would ask myself before I posted anything like that. What's the intention of this? I agree. And that's something too, like I've been recently not posting as often, but when I post it's quality content, it's either informational or it's talking about this stuff because that's what I want to do. I think a big piece too, like you said, is getting caught up in all the things that you see others do and, you know, then wonder, oh my gosh, do I need to be doing this? I need to post Mm -hmm. every day. Do I need to like talk about this area? Every business is different. And that's a great thing for that too, or else we'd all be doing the same exact post, which let's be honest, some people are. Um, But you know, it's one of those things where we create our business to have some part of individuality. So then if you get stuck in that same piece of you know, cyclical content or polarizing content, it becomes almost noise at that point too. You know, if you do controversial things over and over and over again, people just know you for that. And then will like see it once and scroll. Like it, it's one of those things where you really have to vary up how you speak about certain topics and how you speak about yourself to help you get stood out. So 
I want to go into as well, because we talked so much about this, which I think is a huge topic that needed to be said, but also more into sales too, and how kind of like this parallels when it comes to when you're trying to get sales for your business, especially for coaches or service providers, what have you noticed is like the one or two biggest things that kind of hinder them from getting more income into their business? Um, Well, not doing it at all Mm -hmm. would be number one. (laughs) There are many people who are just not asking for the sale at all. And as we know, all income comes from a sale. Mm -hmm. And if you're not making sales, you're not in business. I mean, and I think that that's like a really, I don't think people who get into entrepreneurship really grasp that until they have to. Um, so that would be one thing, just not doing it at all. Um, I also, you know, to me, marketing, I know marketing is not sales. They are not the exact same thing. However, I think marketing does the heavy lifting for you. If you mm-hmm. do so that's another thing is that people are hesitant to show up. And I mean, I'm working with like more newer people. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely an issue. Piece. Yeah. It's like um, coming up with content. You know, that's the two things that I work on with people is like, what are you saying in your content um, to build your brand and to market yourself and to be, you know, known for something and then, you know, create your programs and sell them and like sell it, sell it over and over and over again. I think that most people also make the mistake of, oh, well, you know, I put it in one post. <laughs> yep. I'm done for the week. It's like, no, 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 no especially with how the algorithm is right now when it comes to like if people see your posts or like the consistency of them saying you know offering yourself once you can't even guarantee people will see it nowadays or those that you want to see it will see it i know so it's like you literally have to like hammer it everywhere email yep the the amount of so like i'm thinking about my last round of be bold my mastermind that's closed right now but it started like a month ago mm-hmm. and I, I pushed it so hard and I'm just like, you know what? Like I'm not fucking around. Oops. Am I allowed to say that? You're good. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I'm not screwing around with this. <laughs> like I'm filling this program and I'm going to just blast it and let people know about it until I do, because I'm a business just like Coca-Cola is a business and Coca-Cola does not give a shit mm-hmm. if one of their people sees a magazine ad from them and a billboard in the same day. Yeah, it's true. And one of those things too, as well, like you said, marketing and sales, they are somewhat different, but they, they just, they work so well together. Like obviously you can't heavily rely on both or either, you know, in that way. But if you don't take into fact that, okay, marketing is going to be the way people get in and see it and sales is the way it's going to get me the actual income once they're in the space and once they are primed that's how you have to see it so if you let go of oh well i'm just going to always be on sales calls how are you going to get people how are you going to get them on sales calls in the first place or vice versa what's the plan yeah or i'm going to create content all the time but never ask for the sale and think people are just going to reach out to you it's also not going to work totally exactly 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 Yeah. And that's something that I love that you mentioned, because that's something I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially those who are their own service providers can get really like caught up in their own head about is, 
you know, thinking that, oh, well, I, you know, talked about the offer once yesterday, so I can't talk about it today. Or, oh, you know, I mentioned it this way, they'll think I'm X, Y, or Z when in reality, no, they'll remember you actually have an offer and that's mm -hmm. what you want. Yep. People are not paying attention to your stuff as much as you are. Mm-hmm. 100%. That was something that I learned very quickly for, I think, one of my first launches years ago. I was like, well, I don't know if I can post about it again or talk about it again today or, like, do it the next day because they probably saw it, which is just such baloney because we all know about the algorithm, but even more so, people are oblivious. They're scrolling through things or even for email. There's tons of other email lists that they're subscribed to, so you can't always guarantee that one email they're going to read. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, that's something that everybody needs to wrap their brains around, truly, is that, like, you can't, you, I don't think you can overdo it. I don't think you should be afraid of overdoing it. And if somebody wants to unfollow you during the launch, I mean, you know, I guess it happens. Like, it definitely happens. Yeah. I get unsubscribed during the launch. Which is so common. Like, guys, 100%. That is such a common thing to get. You can always, like, I've done this before for, for launching, which I find doesn't really work super well. It can for some like bigger audiences. You can always ask them like, hey, just let you know, we're going to be going about this launch. We're going to be talking about this offer coming up. Do you want to learn more about it? Opt in for that list or opt out. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have all my audience see it. And if yeah, they want to subscribe, unsubscribe, or just leave it as it is, because that way you're also not showing the offer to people who might have opted out but in reality, they actually probably wanted it that you gave them the like selection to. They're going to have a selection no matter what. They can always press on subscribe. So how about you just let them, you present the offer to them first. Yeah, I love that. Totally, totally. Yeah, don't get, I wouldn't, I don't think I would do that. I want everybody, because sometimes people don't even know what they want until they Exactly. And I've seen that happen for like bigger audiences, like those who have like hundreds of thousands of people. And to that, I kind of understand because you have such a variety of people. Mm -hmm. But if you have only a certain amount of your audience, let them all see it. Like they, they opted in for your email for a reason. So they most likely either are interested or might be interested in this. So let them, let them see your offer. I totally agree. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So I want to go into, now we talked a lot about the sales aspect, more of the mental piece. So you mentioned something before we started the podcast, which I loved, which was talking about stop thinking like, you know, people's bank account. And I love for you to go into this piece and like kind of how you help people to get out of this mindset. Yeah. So it's really comes down to everybody has a perception, right? Of everything. Mm -hmm. So perception is your, the way you look at things and the way you look at things matter. So if I were to write a piece of paper, like marriage is dot, 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 um, rainy days are dot, 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 you know, five people, five different people are going to fill those sentences differently. Mm -hmm. That's their perspective. That's their views. So it's the same thing with sales and all of us come into this with some view on sales. Sales is bad. Sales is sleazy. Growing up, my parents told me to never, you know, never trust a salesperson. All these things were programmed into you when you were little by trusted adults. Like it's like anything else, like relation, like romance, money mindset, sales mindset. So, and then couple that with, you know, money is, is a, an emotionally charged subject for a mm -hmm. lot of people and people come into this, you know, entrepreneurship with you know, most of the people that I've worked with haven't had a background in sales. Like I have. Yeah. And so why would you be comfortable with it? You know, it's, it's like, why would you, if you don't know how to do it, I get it. So, um, what I hear about from a lot of my clients is like, oh my gosh, you know, 
I don't, that seems like it's going to be really expensive. They probably don't have the money. And I'm like, how do you know? Mm -hmm. Do you actually know that? So that's what I mean by, um, you know, stop acting like you have access to people's bank accounts because you don't, you have no idea. You have no idea what people are willing to spend money on because people are willing to spend money on fixing a problem that they have if they deem it important enough. Right. I agree. So, and what I think is cheap and what I think is expensive is probably totally different from what you think or she thinks. Mm -hmm. So you really can't go like, you're not psychic. A hundred percent. If you are, you should set up a shop somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like, we act like we're psychic and we're not. It's true. And I think that's a huge piece of why people get limited by sales because they think they already know it's in someone's pocket. And there's so many things that people get money from that you really don't even know. For example, affiliate things are a thing now. They sell their clothes. They can sell their books. They bring in like random one-off offers. There's so many other revenue streams. They have a side hustle. They they might be a part-time barista. Like there's so many things we don't know about that they might have, but it's so easy to get caught up, especially if you're someone who asks in like a call application, like what's your current monthly income right now? That can really make it easy for you to kind of automatically prejudge them and think, oh, well, they're only making a thousand dollars a month. They're not going to be able to afford my stuff. But what if they have a savings of 10,000 or like they have these type of things that you don't know about? Oh yeah, totally. I, um, yeah. So like my, my thing is, is to approach every conversation with complete neutrality. So be Mm -hmm. neutral, just go in and ask questions. What, you know, uh, to me, a sales conversation is a coaching conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I really take from my coaches training into my sales conversation. So it's like, really you're finding out what is the vision for this person and their business or their life. This could be anything that any kind of service provider you are. What's the vision? Mm -hmm. What do you think is holding you back from it now? Like what's standing in the way and you know, you kind of think in your head, well, am I the right person for this job? Can I solve this problem? And if you are, you say, Hey, I, you know, can I tell you about this? Mm -hmm. And this is how much it costs. Yes or no. Exactly. That's as simple as it needs to be for people, but it gets, it's so crazy how I remember when I was learning sales, um, a couple of years back, and this is before I learned kind of a similar way that you do it is this guy gave like nine different stages and like I was copying his stuff word for word because he was one of my coaches. So he gave me like his template and it just felt so off for me because it wasn't my words. It wasn't like yeah. what I was actually saying. And that's a big piece of why I think sales scripts can be good. But when people go line for line versus think of them more as stages, that's when people get tripped up. Like if you can remember, okay, cool. We're going to connect first, probably talk about like whatever, and then go into vision and then go into problems and then go into selling or like the pitch. Mm -hmm. If you think about it that way, it makes you feel a lot more relaxed versus, okay, well, we didn't talk about this question. So we need to go back to it. Or like these type of things that are going to make you feel so out of alignment. You're going to be so caught up in your head. You're not going to be thinking about the sale or like even pitch it well. Yeah, that's so true. It really doesn't need to be complicated at all. I'm curious to hear from you. Do you have some type of 
obviously you've done this for so long now, but when you first started or even up until like a year or two ago, did you have kind of like a pre-sales call routine that you took yourself through, like whether it be like meditation or breathing or just kind of like show up and here I am? Oh, that's such a good question. And I, in my um, closing with confidence webinar, like Mm -hmm. one of the modules I teach is your, your um, sales ritual. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I do for me, like I'm all about energy and like feeling good Mm -hmm. and like the better I feel, the more I'm going to show up. So I'm not going to take it, you know, I'm not going to take my call in a room with a barking dog. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be in a place where I feel cozy and comfortable and there's going to be no distractions. I listen to music before I make it not into a big deal. Cause it's like actually not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Of course I want it to go well, but, um, yeah, I just, I, I like to make sure I'm showered. I have lip gloss on like, that's just for me. I like to be in like a good, powerful energy. I love that. And it's so interesting to hear everyone's different routine for sales because it's, you know, like you said, it's so different for everyone else. I think for me, what I usually do, same thing for me, it's, it has to be a quiet room. There has to be some sunlight because if it's dark, I just feel like, man, yeah, everything's same. down. Me too. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll listen to a money abundance frequency, like binaural beats. I'm like obsessed with binaural beats right now. So I've been doing that. And I think sometimes if I really want to, if I'm like, really need to get my energy up, say it's like during an afternoon call, I have a rebounder, which is like a mini trampoline. And oh, nice. Yeah, I love it. So I'll play like one of the songs they play is just got paid or like just paid and just dance around to that song on the rebounder to like help get your energy up, but also get you in that mindful state of like, yeah, I just got paid like right before your sales call. So you feel comfortable. Oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. I love that. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And it helps because it's just, it's a simple energy shift, like a simple like shift for your own mental state. Because especially if you're like been working for the last four hours and then have to go into sales call, you're going to be in a different energy than when, if you were to do one like right in the beginning of the morning. So true. Oh my gosh. So true. I love that. I want to get a trampoline now. Yeah, I think it was like 20 or $30 on Amazon. So it wasn't that much. But it's one of those things where it's just, especially for us being stay-at-home people, you know, and I live in California, so the weather's not bad, but it's pretty, pretty hot right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I have to be, if I want to go out at 12 p.m. or 2 p.m. when it's very, very warm, I can't stay out there that long. But if I go on the rebound or something like that, I can be on, still be comfortable, but like, you know, be able to shift my energy. So that's my own kind of like little spiel about it. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. It's something that it takes time to kind of find what works for you. I remember when I first started, it was like, I tried to do everything. I was like, gotta do meditation before. And then I gotta do affirmations. And then I gotta pull a card, like all this stuff. And oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, cause I was, I think with more of a spiritual like coach for a bit. And I was like, this is a lot. Like it took me a good, like half an hour or like 20 minutes to half an hour. Oh my gosh. And now it's like maybe five, 10 minutes max. If I feel like I need to do more of a shift or something, yeah. but it doesn't need to be that long. People make it into such a big deal when it comes to like yeah. a sales call, but it really doesn't have to be. It's just a conversation of, Hey, are you a cool person? Can I help you? If not, that's okay. Totally. That's all it is. It's like, we have to, the more you can like discharge the negative weird energy. It's just, it's, it's educating somebody too about what mm-hmm. you do. And it's like, are you the person for it or not? And okay, no worries if not. It's always a win. You're always, you're either getting a client or you're getting practice and experience and learning more about who you want to work with. 
And honestly, those people that you get on the phone with who might not be clients, they're going to be your brand advocates afterwards because yeah. they connect with you. Like I've had it a lot of time where when I first started, I took a lot more calls and I probably should have, but all those people now follow me religiously or they'll like comment or like on things for the longest time, even though they weren't yeah. a client. So like you said, there's always a win out of it too. So I so love true. that piece. And so true. that's, like you said, it's something that you really help people with. And it's what I notice. it takes a lot to get to that point of just like neutrality. So that's why that mindset piece is so important because there's so many things you have to kind of like unravel before you can finally just be like, yeah, sales call. It's cool. Like we're just talking, just going to like do that. That takes for a lot of people, especially for those who are coaches, it takes a lot of mindset work and a lot of like practice to get to that place. It does. And it takes a lot of standing in your power. Like mm-hmm. you need to be in your like boss bitch power before you get on the phone. Like, this is what I do. This is what I help with. And I'm here to help you. Yeah. I love that. So we talked about so much amazing stuff, but I want to make sure we go into the last part on a rapid fire round. So I do this okay. for every single guest where we go into like five or six questions that are just helping people know more about you and kind of like how you show up in the world, but also um, very quickly, like your first thought or your first one or two words to kind of go into this. So are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Cool. So the first question is favorite book you've ever read. Oh, oh my gosh. Let me think. It could also be favorite book you're currently reading. If it needs to, if it's, if it's too hard to do ever read. Um, I'm currently reading You Are a Badass at Making Money. Mm. That's a great one. Yeah, a really great one. (laughs) So what is your favorite word or phrase you use daily? Be bold. True. (laughs) I can guarantee (laughs) those who want, who are like wondering, she does. She says that very often. Um, If you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you have been? Oh my gosh. The only other thing that I would want to do is like be a food taste tester like just like you know like somebody who gets paid to eat food I love that (laughs) I love that so much (laughs) okay so what is something you're not very good at or working to get better at um let's see anything revolving technology the technology aspects of being an entrepreneur that's fair yeah what is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur needs? Tenacity. Mm. You yeah. have to be tenacious AF. Like that's another thing I would want to leave with your listeners is that this is a long game and you need to have patience with your results. Yeah. hundred percent. What are two tools, mindset, or resources you think entrepreneurs need to make their business or like themselves successful? Um, I, I obviously believe in having a coach. Yeah. I believe coaches slash masterminds. I really, I love leading masterminds and I love being in masterminds because mm-hmm. I think that, so I guess that would be my second thing. It's like community and having support. That's not mm-hmm. just from your coach, like making friends in the industry. Um, like business friends, you know, who get what you're going through. I, I, yeah, I really think that's so important. So, so important. Um, and then the third thing is, I mean, I believe in a, in a good aesthetic in a powerful brand. Like I'm redoing my branding right now. Like I, I know there's a lot of talk of, you know, you don't have to have this and you don't have to have that. 
I think once you want to start charging a certain amount of money and working with a certain type of client, you do have to have a good visual representation of your brand. A hundred percent. Like there's no doubt about it. If someone goes onto a website that's 10 years old versus one that's modern. Yeah. They're going to choose the one that's more modern. So I, yeah, for sure. For sure. So last question that I love to ask is what does success look like to you in your own eyes? Ooh, I like this question. Um, success to me means, you know, I want to have, I want to make millions of dollars. I want money because I want to be able to donate to causes that are important to me. I want to make money so I can do good things in this world. I love that. Yeah. And I also want to have tons of time to play and to travel and to have fun and to have a family and to like do everything in bougie style that I want to. I love that a lot. That's (laughs) one of my favorite ones I've heard. So speaking of now, we talked a lot about your journey and talking about kind of like the present topics we're currently going through. I'd love to hear what are some things you're currently working on to give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for. So my one-on-one, I have two slots open in my one-on-one right now. That's for newer entrepreneurs who are looking to scale to minimum four-figure months. So I, I mostly work with new-ish entrepreneurs, like one to three years, mm-hmm. um, or who's not you know, making the income that they want. My mastermind, I don't know when this is going to air, but it's going to reopen in December. So be bold, the mastermind. And then also I'm creating two courses right now. One is just on sales and it's called the sales accelerator where it's going to literally take you from zero to like an idea for a program. We're going to structure the entire program and price it out. And then for five weeks, you're going to sell it every Mm -hmm. single day. Like it's going to be like a sales explosion, sell your face off for five weeks and not feel sleazy about it. And then, yeah, so it's kind of like, it's an experience. It's not just a course, it's an experience. Um, And then I'm also coming out with money-making marketing, my other course, which is going to be about content creation. That's going to be a really great thing, especially for the sales accelerator. I think that one's going to be really helpful for a lot of people out there. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) Well, to make sure that people are still catching up with you and can find when these courses are able to go live and talk about you more with your one-on-one spots, where can people find you online? Um, Instagram, it's Jessica Hetherington Coaching. And then Facebook, you can actually just be my personal friend on Facebook. I tend to post more on there. So it's just Jessica Hetherington. Um, And I have on a white t-shirt in my picture. Awesome. And those will all be in the links uh, down below as well. So you guys can go there, talk to her on Instagram, Facebook, all kind of amazing stuff and keep up with her because she is really going to help you with sales. But I want to say that I'm so grateful that you're able to come on. Thank you for being on here, Jessica. It was such a pleasure to talk about these topics, but even more so help people really realize that sales is their birthright. It's not just something that you think you can do or can't do. You can. You can and you have to. And thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. All right, guys. And again, any links or any, if you want to talk to her more, all those are going to be down below and I'll talk to you guys all later. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to danielleclem.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase and launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that. And 
DM me at Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.